Hello everyone and welcome back to the Smartcast. My name is Alan, your host, and once again it is just me this week uh, talking a little bit of pro wrestling, um, just to kind of keep things going, keep the uh, keep the content coming, uh, and just to, to address a couple of the, I suppose, quite serious um, topics that have been uh, floating around the industry at the moment. Um, obviously we are all still in lockdown although it's uh, it's starting to ease off life is starting to return to normal uh, hopefully that uh, it stays that way and uh, and we can kind of just keep plowing on uh, and get some sort of regular kind of normality life whatever um, as soon as possible a, a, a sub like um, a, a key indicator of the fact that, that the life is slowly returning to normal is the fact that New Japan is back and uh, wrestling again, um, but I'll come to that later on. I think the main thing to really start this episode with and really kind of address, um, and I, I won't go into detail obviously because it's it's not my place, but um, if you've been anywhere on social media, uh, especially Twitter, over the last week or so, uh, if not a little bit longer, uh, and you're a wrestling fan, then you'd be hard-pressed to miss the um, the hashtag speaking out uh, movement and, and that's what it is it's a movement really when you think about it um, the the stories that have been told from these victims are quite harrowing um, and and it's hard to be, well it's it's hard to believe that these things are, are occurring and it's disappointing that these are occurring you know these these th- there's been a lot of names that have been mentioned that have been accused proven etc etc whatever's you know uh and it's you know it just shows that you know it's not it's kind of hard really to talk about it really um the the there are some horrible people out there uh, and horrible doesn't do the you know isn't the right isn't the the word that does it justice they're, they're a lot worse than that um i'm just trying to kind of put this into into words so I don't come across as an absolute twat um, which I know can be difficult sometimes for me um, but yeah this this whole thing I mean from from all of us at the smartcast you know we support uh, every one of those victims and you know although we're not necessarily the most well known we're not necessarily the kind of the you know the the biggest podcast out there if if someone wants to reach out uh, and has someone to talk to you know all of our you know, our dms are open we are there you know the you can always contact us um and we will you know we will always be a listening ear no matter what happens and i i, I speak on behalf of of every one of our team now um it's originally i think it's it, i say originally it, the the news started to come out or the story started to to come out it was generally focused around uh, people that were involved in the british wrestling scene um, and that has now kind of spread out. There's a lot more uh, across the board people that have now been uh, suspended from their companies that that they were uh, uh, associated with. Um, people that have uh, possibly gone into rehab. Um, yeah. So th- the thing is, there's a lot of names out there, and I'm not going to go for them all because the list is is still getting longer. Um, if you if you want to to do that, then you know, it doesn't take much to, to go onto Twitter and find all those names. Um, you know, it's 
as as a wrestling fan, you don't want something like this to be associated with the industry, with something that you love, with something that you know, and something that you feel so passionate about. Um, and you know that these victims, you know, they're doing, they've they've been doing something that they love. You know, they're getting involved in in professional wrestling. You know, something that they've loved and enjoyed and they're a fan of, and it gets ruined by these people that uh, are taking advantage of them uh, and doing these these cruel and, and, and unmentionable things. Um, you know, it's the there's a lot. Obviously, there is a lot of detail out there. If you want to go and read the stories, hashtag speaking out. There are still loads more being being shared, um, and you know, hopefully that these people that are sharing their stories can work past it and and find a way to to you know maybe find a bit more love for the for the for the product that you know for for the professional wrestling that they enjoy and that what got them into the business in the first place, um, you know, and not have to you know deal with the the terror and the horror that they've had to to suffer so far. Um, I, I just wanted to kind of get that out, just a quick kind of uh, like bit of speech on it. I know, as I say, we're you know we're not we're not influential in any shape or form, but uh, it's something that you know if if you'd have to have been living under a rock for the last you know week two weeks for to not pick up on on stuff like this that's been going on. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, check that out and show your support in, in any way you can. Um, moving to to well, I suppose to the less serious uh, topics now. As I mentioned, New Japan Pro Wrestling is back. They are holding shows again. Uh, initially, there's no fans. Um, however. Uh, they are leading up to the New Japan Cup Finals and then Dominion, where I believe it's um, like th- a third, a third of their capacity they're going to, or something like that. I don't know how they're going to work it yet, um, but fans will be in attendance on uh, Dominion. Uh, I believe it's next month when uh, they have uh, Naito taking on the winner of the New Japan Cup. Uh, for both the IWGP heavyweight title and the Intercontinental title as well. Um, I mentioned the New Japan Cup. That's what you know everyone has kind of been uh, watching, I suppose, when it comes to New Japan. It's great to have it back. Uh, what they've had to do, obviously, they've had to make some changes when it comes to uh, the brackets that were originally announced because some of the wrestlers, some of the stars that would have performed are either in America or New Zealand or over here in the UK, for example. Um, you know, and they obviously can't get to Japan and and take part because of all the, the, the travel restrictions that are starting to ease, but still it's it's not quite there yet. So the, the bracket had to be changed slightly. Uh, and it's not been a bad way, though. I think there's been some interesting matches uh, for how the how they've kind of pieced this together. Um, I'm only three nights in of the New Japan Cup. At the time of recording, four shows have been uh, recorded or, or pushed out. Um, I'm, I've am i got night four on in the background. I'm currently watching Bushi versus Yo. Um, the rest of the matches for the night, I've got um, uh, Tenzan versus Yoshihashi, uh, Goto versus Yujiro, and uh, Kojima versus Evil, um, which, you know... Should be an interesting few matches. Um, night one started with Togi Makabe versus uh, the young line Yota Suji. Uh, 
you know, Maccabee won the match. I think that was a fair, a fairly obvious one that that was going to be. Uh, but I think he got, he made the young lion look relatively solid, as solid as a young lion can be. Um, and I think all three young lions that have been in this tournament so far, um, Suji, Uemura, and Kid, have all made good showings of themselves. Um, you know, they've not really disappointed. I think they're they're looking positive, uh, and they've got bright futures ahead of them. I think in in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, going back to night one, I think something that really stood out for me. They've got Jado and G- or Jado and Gado in matches. Um, Jado took on Toro Yano. Um, you knew that this was going to be a match with a lot of comedy and antics and things like that. In um, it went on a bit long, but one thing. I th- I don't think Jado has any kind of business getting back into the ring at all. The guy looked like he was truly broken. Uh, he looked worse than Homma. He looked in so bad. Like it wasn't even his shape. Like he's, he looks in all right shape, but he just looks like every movement hurt. Every step he took, every kind of swing, he just he looked like he was in pain. And that's you know that's not what you want. I know that they're they're having to. Um, you know, cover themselves when it comes to this New Japan Cup. But Jado, please do not get back in the ring for your own health and safety. Um, speaking of health and safety, Honma has been out injured, we know, in the past. Uh, quite a serious injury. Same with Hiromu Takahashi, ticking time bomb. He was out for over a year with uh, with his neck injury following the match with uh, Ryu Lee slash Dragon Lee. So to have these two together, uh, you wouldn't have thought really that these two had been out injured because they they proper threw it around. There was uh, some, so just just some of the moves that they were doing, even like knocking out onto the onto the ring apron. You know they they were uh, they were taking risks, but it uh, I think it pulled off the you know Honma as the the general kind of. Um, what is it the the known kind of way of doing things is a heavyweight generally doesn't lose to a junior in New Japan, um, but of course Homma is one of those guys that you can get away with it because he is, you know, he's aging. Everyone knows he's injured and he's he's not the best. He's not a massive. He's not the top guy anymore. You know, uh, and Hiromu with his talent and the way that he's kind of being pushed. Um, and before the lockdown, obviously he was going to go into his anniversary matchup with Naito um, so you know he's not a weak junior so to have him go over and beat Homma you know I don't think anyone would complain about that and I thought it was a, a solid match the match of the night though on night one was Ishii versus Desperado for me I thought that that was fantastic again it was heavyweight versus junior um, I don't think it ever really looked like Desperado was going to win um, although there was some great knee work um, you know they'd attacked it the uh, the night before at the Together Project, um, the kind of opening show, um, and yeah they kind of continued that. Uh, I thought Desperado really made it look good. I thought Ishi, yeah I mean Ishi's a, a nutter anyway. You, you wouldn't want to cross that guy. He looks like a brick shit ass. He's like a he is the stone pit bull, uh, as they obviously as he's known. Um, so I thought these two, it was a contrast in styles, but with the injury, uh, it worked. There was a bit that could, it looked like a bit of a botch, uh, where Ishii got Desperado up for a powerbomb um, and almost kind of dropped him. But Ishii sold it 
whether if it was a botch, he sold it exceptionally well quite quickly by thinking on his feet and claiming that his knee was hurt. If it wasn't a botch, then his you know then they planned it and fair play to him. But it looked like it could have been an actual uh, a cock up. But they they accommodated it uh, well. Night two uh, was uh, Gabriel Kidd versus uh, the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori. Um, again, you're not going to get a young line win. Uh, Ishimori, solid little match, uh, but nothing to necessarily write home about. Um, we had the third and final young lion uh, take on uh, in Yuya Uemura, I believe is the right way to pronounce it. Uemura. Um, anyone who's listening, please correct me if I've if I've said it wrong. Um, he took on Yoshinobu Kanemaru uh, of uh, of Suzuki Goon. Again, I thought it was a cracking match, and Uemura. I think out of the three is probably the best young line that, that there was on show. Um, and I thought this was an absolutely fantastic match. Um, match of the night, though, was the the uh, penultimate match of the night. Um, it was the, the semi-main event, I believe you would call it. Uh, Yuji Nagata against Minoru Suzuki. Now, these, you know, Nagata is, or Nagata, however you want to pronounce it, he's one of the New Japan dads. You know, he's one of the old guys. He's been around for donkey's years. Um but his number was called, you know, and he put on an absolute cracker of a match, him and Suzuki. They were slapping the shit out of each other. They were absolutely beating the crap out of each other. And it was awesome. You know, uh, it just, I mean, Suzuki's a mean motherfucker anyway. We all know this. Um, but yeah, Yuji Nagata, his age didn't show. I mean, these guys are both old. Um, I think they're in, I think they're 50. I think they're both around that age. Um, and yeah, they pulled off an absolute blind over match best night best match of the night and best night of the first best match of the first two nights absolutely cracking um you know it that could have been the main event for me um, i was disappointed with the with the actual main event which was uh, Kazuchika Okada against Gedo um, we all knew there was going to be some shenanigans Gedo obviously turning on Okada a little uh, a while back so that he could then um you know be uh, alongside Switchblade Jay White um, but yeah, the the final match, I'm not. Yeah, it it was disappointing. It went on too long, and I think they would have done better to put Naga, uh, Yuji Nagata and, and Minoru Suzuki at the top of the card. Uh, then night three happened this past Monday. Night three, it was the card that everyone was waiting for. When you the the matches that were listed, so Sho versus Shingo, uh, Taguchi versus Sanada. Taichi versus Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi versus Xavier Jr. You got a couple of mouth-watering matches in there. Sho and Shingo was gonna be something special. Ibushi and, and Zack Saber Jr. We know they can turn it on. We know they can put on a cracking match. Uh, Taichi Tanahashi before the lockdown, Taichi was was on his you know he was on the rise. He was doing well, and him and ZSJ working together as a team as well. Old Dangerous Techers, you know their their teamwork was excellent and. Taichi was really becoming, I think, a true star. You know, people were getting behind him. Um, Taguchi Sonada, okay, it was going to be all right. I mean, that was probably the worst night of, uh, sorry, the worst match of the night. But, you know, it's easy because all three, all the other three matches were excellent. I thought um, Sho versus Shingo was an absolute belter. I, I just, I watched it and was, yeah, it was unbelievable. I thought, I mean, the fact that this match was originally, I think, going to be Shingo versus Osprey um, before the whole uh, 
like the the change of the bracket because of the COVID thing. Um, so again, that would have been something special. But Sho and Shingo have had their issues, <clears throat> and by by putting this match out there, ah, oh, it was an absolute belter. Really, like it was. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't really kind of sell it enough. If you haven't seen it, watch it. You know, it was absolutely fantastic. And then the night just got better. Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. was superb. These two, they put on a clinic. They've got a great contrast in styles, and it works. Great match there. Lovely to see uh, Ibushi win that. Uh, sorry, in show one, the uh, the match against Shingo, which was a surprise to me, actually. Uh, but brilliant. Uh, and the main event, Taichi versus Tanahashi. <clears throat> wow. I mean, Taichi went over. Which again was a surprise. I didn't expect him to beat Tanahashi, um, but but seeing this happen, it, it was almost like Tanahashi was saying like he was giving him, oh excuse me, he was giving him the rub as they say. Uh, tai Chi will look fantastic from that match. Uh, it was a it was well put together, you know, and yeah, Tai Chi looked like a true like hard hitting heavyweight. It, it was a really well put together match back and forth. And yeah, I, I I thought that was the right way to end it. It was a surprise, but fucking hell, what what a match! What a night of matches! That night three was unbelievable, absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen any of it so far, please watch that. One one thing that uh, I must say about watching these, so I've been watching them with the Japanese commentary because the way that New Japan are doing it at the moment, because obviously someone like Kevin Kelly, for example, is is still uh, in the states. Um, so he hopefully will be commentating live soon but at the moment so they push it out live with um, Japanese commentary then the then I think Kevin is then recording the English commentary later and then it's getting re-uploaded to New Japan World so rather than wait I'm watching them fresh with the Japanese commentary and I think with with New Japan, yes, the fans are generally quieter, um, but I don't feel as out of touch watching this with no fans as I do, for example, with WWE, um, because I think the, the Japanese commentary really helps sell it. They really help sell the atmosphere and and take you along. Although I've got absolutely no idea what they're saying, but you know you'll get the scr- they'll, they'll scream and they'll shout, and you know they will add so much more. To a big moment in a match, um, than than I you know than you would without any commentary at all. Um, it's it, they they really push it, and they make the the matches seem that much more important. And they help like get past the fact that there isn't any fans in attendance. Um, so that's my kind of take on on the New Japan Cup so far. Uh, there's plenty of excellent matches I think to come um, there is a if you want a detailed breakdown of New Japan um, obviously I only can can speak for myself um, but if you want a detailed breakdown of the New Japan uh, wrestling shows please check out the Super J cast hosted by our good friend and smart cast member Joel Abram and uh, Damon McDonald definitely uh, worth listening to them they've put out some fantastic episodes during the lockdown whilst there's been nothing with their classic watch-alongs and you can tell you can you can hear and sense the joy in their voices um, as New Japan came back and they've actually had some some proper wrestling to talk about um, moving away from Japan and on to America AEW are continuing to to look I think relatively solid um, in their 
in their shows. I think it's next week and the week after, um, or it's the week after. I, I think yeah, I think it's not because I'm I'm recording this on a Wednesday morning. Uh, so tonight is AEW Dynamite as normal, and then I believe it's next week and the week after that we'll see two nights of Fighter Fest. So uh, Brian Cage will take on Moxley for the AEW World Title, uh, and uh, there's uh, I haven't really got I haven't got the cards in front of me, but there will be I think all the t- all the titles are are on the line. Um, just wanted to kind of just say a couple of bits about what se- what seems to be. Uh, what I'm enjoying about AEW at the moment, uh, I'm still enjoying Brody Lee. Uh, yeah, his loss didn't really affect him. Uh, I like the fact that they're out and they're trying to recruit people and just kind of make it make it their own little group. Um, the debut of FTR, uh, Fear the Revolt, Fear the Revival, Fuck the Revival, however you want to call it, they are FTR. Um, as to avoid any uh, any copyright issues, uh, I understand. I thought it was a bit of a disappointing introduction, just because they—I mean—they drove up uh, and ran in, and you know, essentially, okay, they saved the the Bucks um, from a beatdown from uh, the Butcher and the Blade. Um, but yeah, I—I I think the that kind of introduction, I think it could have been done a bit better. But that being said, uh, you know, these guys can do it in the ring. They've had their debut match. They look solid, and you know that ultimately it's going to be FTR versus the Bucks, and it probably will be a fantastic match. Um, but I'm I'm fully in camp FTR for this one. Um, they are now like my second favorite tag team in AEW, and they'll be the guys that I follow. Uh, my my number one team in AEW at the moment, and continues to be. Uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. I love that. I love their characters. A big, big Kenny Omega fan, and uh, and I want them to to do well. I think them two as as champions, it works. The the fact that they go back and forth, and Hangman's kind of is he part of the uh, elite or is he not? I I like that dynamic, um, and yeah, him riding a horse into the stadium stampede a while back. I get some people don't like it. I get some people thought it was a bit over the top. But fuck it, I enjoyed it, I loved it, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was, yeah, mental. But I, I loved it, I absolutely loved it. Mm. Oh, Sorry, got to keep wetting my whistle, doing all this talking on my own. You know, makes the, the voice a bit croaky. So yeah, AEW, Fighter Fest over the next two weeks. Looking forward to, to that, and looking forward to Dynamite tonight to see what um, see what else may lie ahead. So as I've previously mentioned, of course, I am recording this on a Wednesday morning. Wednesday is also the day for NXT. NXT, I don't think we've really done one of these since NXT TakeOver in your house. I think the the kind of, one of the biggest things from TakeOver in your house was um, Karrion Cross. Now he's, was it, I'm not sure if it was his debut or what, but I don't know, I don't think it was his debut, but it, it was his first big match in, in NXT and he took on Tommaso Ciampa. Um, now we all know Tommaso is hard now. He's been, you know, he's the bad boy of NXT. You know, he's he's a guy that you don't want to mess with. Blah 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 blah. Um, but Cross made him, you know, Cross just demolished him. Absolutely demolished him. I think they they put that match together really well. He Cross looked dominant. He looked strong. He looked impressive. He looked forceful, and and I think that is a good sign going forward. You know they've had now. Uh, I think it was Adam Cole over the week. Over I think the NXT after, or, or the one after that. 
Cole was waffling on about his uh, about being champion and that, and uh, Scarlet, I think it is, uh, crosses uh, valet, come out with a uh, with an egg, well, a big old egg timer, uh, and basically, you know, flipped it over. So uh, saying that that Cole's time is limited as champion, and I think Cross will make an interesting opponent, uh, especially as as Cross kind of builds his character and, and really starts to to make an impact on NXT. Before that, though, there are some other title issues that they've got to deal with. So tonight, uh, we've got Keith Lee versus Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano for the North American title um, in a triple threat match. And the winner, whoever that may be, will face Adam Cole at a later date for the winner-take-all, basically, for the NXT title and the North American title. Um, uh, Being a double champion at the same time, I'm sure I've seen that before. Um, Anyway, that should be interesting. Um... I'm not sure who I want to win that. I, I think I don't think I want Gargano to win though. I am getting a bit tired of it. I think he needs to move on. Um, I think Finn Balor against Adam Cole could be something spectacular, and we all know what Keith Lee can do. Keith Lee is, you know, as uh, he says himself, he's limitless. Um, so having him uh, take on Adam Cole for both belts could be something special. Um, so. We'll see what happens with NXT tonight. Uh, NXT Women's Champion, actually, uh, Io Shirai, is tearing things up. I think it's great that she won the title back at TakeOver in your house. Um, however, I mean, there's an interesting take on that, and I think it's it's right. The, the Voices of Wrestling guys uh, on the flagship, Joe and uh, Rich, they mentioned like they highlighted a point. This whole Charlotte thing, when she's been in NXT, it's not been about giving Rhea Ripley a boost or NXT a boost or Io Shirai a boost it's been purely about giving Charlotte a bump up you know and it's all about Charlotte all about promoting Charlotte which okay she's their golden girl um, you know being being Rick's daughter etc etc but you know it's made Rhea Ripley look like an absolute like uh, like a really feeble kind of weakling in in everything I think Um, but Io Shirai you know she's uh She's making an impact, and uh, last week we had, uh, what was it, um, the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. So, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks took on um, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox, And at the end of it, it all kind of went down, and Io Shirai came out to, you know, basically kick Banks and Bailey out of NXT and telling them to fuck off. Um, so Io Shirai, I think she's starting to, to really make her, her name as being the NXT Women's Champion, and that's her playground now. You know, everyone else can just fuck off. Um, so sticking with the topic of WWE at the moment, um, I've still not watched Raw or SmackDown in God knows how long. Um, Backlash was a couple of weeks ago, and there was advertised as being the greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Randy Orton. I've not watched it. I can't offer any opinions whatsoever on any of the show of Backlash. But what I can say is from what I understand, the match between Edge and Orton was pre-recorded over the space of a couple of hours. Uh, When they botched things up, they went back and re-recorded it. Um, There was, I believe, an RKO spot that uh, Edge ended up, excuse me, tearing a muscle after the fact that they did it three times. Um, there was there was blood, uh, and they stopped recording to to get that all patched up. So, 
you know, from what I've heard about it, it's not a proper wrestling match. It's it's like you've recorded a TV show. It's something different. There's, you know, when you put two wrestlers in a ring and they and they go in there to to put together the greatest wrestling match ever, they're thinking on the fly. They they may have done some prep work beforehand, but things can go wrong. That's part of what makes a match a match. You know, they can turn things around and they react with a crowd. I know we've not got any crowd at the moment, but that's you know things always change, and that what that's what makes a match great. Um, but to have something pre-recorded and gone back over, we know we'd, we'll fix that. We'll fix that. We'll fix that. Is it really going to be a great wrestling match? I don't know. I'm I'm not going to make a judgment call. I'm just going to state that that you know I'm not going to watch it. I'm staying well clear of it. The opinions uh, of what I've heard from Backlash, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not touching that with a ten foot barge pole. I am staying as far away from that as possible. Uh, the only WWE content I'm continue to watch is NXT, and uh, I will I need to catch up on the Undertaker's Last Ride documentary as supposedly he's now said that he is done and he has retired. Um, we'll see. We've we've all heard people, especially in wrestling, we've all heard people say that before and then come back. You know, uh, six months, a year, however long down the line, but we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, so that's that's a quick kind of uh, blast on on what's going on in professional wrestling, and at least my thoughts on it. Um, I appreciate the fact that you're listening, and I know that a a solo episode isn't always uh, the best way to get about things, but I just wanted to make sure that we got some content out there, and uh, and you kind of picked up on my thoughts. So thank you very much for listening. If you do want to get in touch, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Uh, we are on Instagram, all at the Smartcast. We're on Stitcher. Uh, all of our episodes are on iTunes. Don't forget to like, subscribe, download, leave us a review. A positive one would be lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, all of our episodes are, of course, on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash the Smartcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure waffling on for a half hour or so. Uh, I'm going to get back to uh, night four of the New Japan Cup. At the moment, it's Tenzan versus Yoshihashi. Uh, we'll see how that progresses. Um, and yeah, and I will see you all next time around.